There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's the Whitetail Weatherman here bringing you the latest in rain forecasts here in Texas, because that's what we have. We have been getting dumped on, <laughs> dumped on, except for in the application process. We have drawn some tags recently. Hallelujah. I guess you could say technically they're dumping tags on us right now. That'd be good. But I was thinking dump as being a negative context. Usually. Yeah. So. Why Tyler crying? Because I just, just got, got dumped, dumped on. on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. We've, we've drawn some uh, tags recently, which is exciting. You know, I mean. Um, it was, none of them have been like uh, sheep tags or anything, but I do, uh, actually know somebody I'm very close to that drew a sheep tag in Nevada. That's right, man. The rich get richer. <laughs> this guy is a hardworking man who's, you know, pretty wealthy and has been able to purchase some sheep tags elsewhere, but just was blessed to with draw a lower 48 sheep tag, man. Yeah. How, How cool. cool was that? Yeah. I think he's he, excited about it too. I talked yes. to him the other day. Yeah. He is, man. He's, uh, he's really pumped. He... You know what's crazy is like he has he has uh, bought a few sheep hunts, but like he um, he doesn't go and buy the like for sure sheep hunt that mm-hmm. you can buy for sixty grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to find a deal and work hard for it because he. I mean, he's been on lots of sheep hunts he hasn't killed on. Yeah, and so like. It's You've pretty, been on two of those with him. <laughs> I have. It's crazy, dude. Like, um, and he he just eats it up. He loves experience. He loves the stories and stuff like that. And he he truly he truly hunts for the right reasons, you mm-hmm. know, which is cool. So. Yeah, man. He's he's a cool dude. He's excited about it. A guy I'm excited to talk to today is Jesse Griffiths, Mister Jesse. Uh, we say this thing a few times here and there, but Jesse might be our most tenured guest at this point with yeah. this podcast. Like it's number four. Uh, des- described 
not self-described, but describe other people as Texas royalty. Mm-hmm. So he might have an idea about what to do with the sheep once you shoot it. So uh, yeah. maybe uh, we can talk old, uh, your buddy into listening to this podcast and learn how to cook the thing. <laughs> how to cook a sheep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But uh, we've got tags rolling in. Um, uh, sounds like we're going to be doing a lot of whitetail hunting. Yeah. Maybe some other stuff, too. Who knows? Uh-huh. Maybe some mule deers. Maybe some deerses. We've um, been looking at some Nebraska stuff. Some either ors. Dude, I'm pumped about Nebraska right now. Are you? Yes. All right. That's yes, good. Yes, Because I, I am not. I found some good-looking <laughs> stuff last night. I'm going to have to talk Tyler into driving two or three more hours. Oh, can I just make a bed in the back? <laughs> you can. Sleep a little bit. That's fine with me. We Dude, here's the deal. The standard is our Arizona trip. From Mm -mm. 2016. Mm -mm. And I've seen you do it. Therefore, Mm. I know you can do it. I was like 13 years old. That (laughs) that time I had lots of energy. Uh, We drove probably 17 hours that day, Mm. right? We we left at four. And what always helps when you drive west is you gain an hour with your... Mm-hmm. Um, so, or yeah, on the way back, it, it uh, turns into a double. <laughs> yeah, so um, it just really oh. dumps on you. But, um, anyways, um, there's some good stuff up there, man. I'm yeah. pretty soaked about it. Well, I guess, <laughs> especially if we we have resolved, or this is the announcement. All right, guys, team element, mm. which is not a term we like to really throw around very much because it sounds real or TV, you know, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Our group here, we are not going elk hunting unless we find something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all. I'm going to leave it at that. But this September will be the first time in a long time that we don't enter the elk woods unless something crazy happens. Uh, Sad so, deal for you, man. Yeah, I know, I know you love it. I do, but it's all right, man. Uh, <clears throat> if I get to go on another adventure trip to a place I've never hunted before, it'll be pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, especially with the ticks. <laughs> that's right. Ticks make it all the better. That's right. That's right, dude. A little extra snack every day, you know? <laughs> Just be like a yeah. possum eating 5,000 of them, right? That's right. A day, I think, is what they do, right? Yeah. yeah. People talking about possums are like, dude, just get some chickens, man. Yeah. They smoke ticks. Yeah. You know? So. They do some pecking. They do. They Peckers. Are, they are uh, ruthless. <laughs> mean little suckers. They are, man. Yeah. I got um, plenty of them. But, uh, yeah, I'm stoked about that. Um, it's going to be kind of warm. You know, that's the other thing about elk hunting mm-hmm. is it gets you the opportunity to go to the mountains which yeah just i know it's super white girl but we all love the mountains you yeah know? like i mean you got mountains on your shirt right now they're not sure blue they're. we mm-hmm. don't because mountains aren't blue around here very often but mm-hmm. uh you know those are good mountains yeah Dang, you got the graphic tee too yeah i know onyx sends us some stuff from time to time to wear it's kind of tight and uh i need yeah, to uh, I couldn't play some basketball i, I couldn't some basketball. Now for sure <laughs> um but uh I, I just have, like, the brand, but that's a cool shirt. Man. It is a I'm cool I'm going to take a picture of that and send it to Jared and tell him I want one. Be like, yo, dude. Yo. Make this happen. So we can have... Dude, here's the other problem. When you get a shirt I don't get, it messes up the Element outfit thing. I know. Yeah. How many times do we show up to the truck with the same outfit on? <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> Especially when that... Uh, what's the name of that hoodie we wear all the time? Uh, the Element hoodie, I think. No. You can find them on the Element I don't wear Yeah, you can. That thing's real cool. <laughs> um, um, what the, hoodie? Um... You talking about the sicker one? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Maybe it's Kelvin something. Oh, you talking about the jacket? Yeah, the solid. Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The solid one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, it's Kelvin light, yeah. down light or something. Uh, yeah. It's not super expensive, and 
I'm not trying to sell y'all sick of jackets, but I live in that thing. That thing, Tyler wears it when it's 80 degrees outside, and I don't know how he does it, but he it's, 80, isn't, it, is, it hadn't been 80 all spring. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, either way, you see us in some Wrangler pants, which I am trying to sell y'all, not because they pay us, but because, because you're a cowboy. Them, them things. <laughs> You can't beat them, but because um, you like George Strait. That's right. <laughs> Headliner for ACL this year. Really? Uh huh. How about that? I think ACL for not. Yeah, ACL. ACL surgery or uh, also in Steel Linux. <laughs> um, <laughs> him and uh, that eyelash girl. So that'll be weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Billy Billy George Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I yeah. think they're both country singers. I don't they know are. for sure. But <laughs> if you got three names, man, you are a country singer. You have to That's right. Uh a guy who does not have three names and really only needs one, Jesse. Jesse. Is who we're talking to today, like we said before. Uh, Chef Jesse. Jesse does a lot of cool stuff. Chef <laughs> Jesse probably would work. Um just connoisseur Jesse, mm-hmm. fisherman Jesse. King Jesse. King Jesse. That's it. King George, whatever. King Jesse's <laughs> yeah, where it's at, man. So um, Jesse's got a new book coming out that's pretty exciting. Uh, I uh, am pretty looking forward to it because it's kind of in the same vein of stuff that I enjoy with, you know, eating hog meat. Um, I'm looking to, forward to seeing maybe some of the, like, other stuff that he does, especially yeah. on the sausage end. Man, for real. Like, what I look at a lot of times, <clears throat> when I look at meat, wild game meat, uh, if, if you're talking like deer meat, especially mm-hmm. like I think you know you grind it <clears throat> or you do steaks or roasts, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like I mean I have a few things that I've done differently, and obviously cookbooks kind of help me expand that. But then like if you, when you talk to Jesse and you're like, uh, yeah man, I'm thinking about you know shooting a sheep this year or whatever you know he, you? I mean, if I was to say that, <laughs> and then he would name off like off the top of the dome like 30 different things you could do with yeah. it, and I'm like oh yeah I know what that is, I just don't know why I never thought of putting wild game meat into that mm-hmm. you know and doing it yeah. so he's like you can tell he he does it all the time oh yeah know? man he he does for sure and i'm uh i'm definitely interested to see what that what's in that book i know that uh one of our buddies um at the hog hunt won a signed copy of that mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to seeing you know him get that book and then uh if y'all uh want to check that out i think he's sold out of the first run anyways mm-hmm. but you'll be able to purchase those most likely in the restaurant or uh, offline somewhere. So it's just called the Hog Book. Mm-hmm. I think it has an illustration of a hog on the front or something like that. So uh, it should be pretty sweet. But I'm sure that uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the podcast here. But we'll probably talk a lot more about just random delicious things, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So uh, if it sounds good to you, uh, I would like to salivate a little bit. So let's get Jesse on the phone. All right. Okay, so now on the phone, we have Texas Royalty, the Sultan of Shrimp, the Great Pompano, the Colossus of Clout, Jesse Griffiths. Jesse, it's good to have you back on, man. Oh, that is, that is I think you get more bombastic with each intro every time we do this. That was, well, and I, I have a feeling you came up with that on the spot, too. No, so I, I didn't. More impressive. I, yeah, I wrote yeah. it like five minutes ago, but I did. Oh, I uh, KC did remind me that uh, I think we posted a, a picture or something of you recently, maybe. I can't remember. And, and uh, somebody on there commented like Texas royalty, right? Oh, no. So, uh, he, what happened? We were talking back and forth on Instagram like one of our posts. Oh, okay. And somebody, somebody messaged us and, and was like, man, you got Texas royalty commenting oh. on your post. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, that's I right. know, dude. Wow. Yeah. We're in the in crowd in Texas when so, we talk to Jesse. I just went with it, dude, after that. You know, <laughs> salt and the shrimp <laughs> sounded good. Yeah. Is that a title that you know of? Like, are you known as Texas royalty or is that like a newer thing for you? 
I am not. I thought uh, that was like a, uh, uh, Sam Houston and Willie Nelson territory <laughs> well, right there. So yeah. I think Maybe you, your new guard, you know, that's the yeah. old guard. <laughs> well, but. I don't know. About it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll take it. Dude, you're a cool yeah. dude, man. We, uh, we enjoy your friendship uh, f- for sure. And then obviously having you on the podcast is just a cherry on top of it, man. But uh, um, we actually – we actually tried to get you on kind of back around our hog hunt, which happened in kind of early February. That you are a busy man. I, I think we actually scheduled this interview in like March or something. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Man, that's uh, when I'm having to to like go onto my calendar two months ahead of time to schedule <laughs> stuff out. I will. I will feel like probably overwhelmed, but also like maybe I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? It's a bit of both, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I have I have busy seasons, you know, hunting season, uh, you know, corresponds with busy restaurant season. So that's just a wash, you know. Yeah. It's like I'm I am not available, and then uh, you know, mid or mid February through the end of March, uh, I am uh, not available because that's my that's my fishing season right there. That's my my crappie and my white bass. That's sockeye season, I, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I purposely uh, don't book myself during that time very yeah. much at all. So, uh, cool. but yeah, it's been a it's been a busy year in spite of some things. So that's um, how did how did the soccer season go for you this year? It was short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good, but it was short. Um, I I think I probably pulled the plug on it before the spawn was actually over. And full disclosure for for the listeners out there, I don't have a boat, so my crappie season is uh abbreviated and i like it that way i really i really do like that uh i hit them i hit them during the spawn and try to hit them as hard as i can and then uh, move on Mm -hmm. but uh uh it was it was short i think that winter storm that we had just threw just about everything off yeah Um, yeah name it and it just kind of it made it made it longer shorter better worse awful whatever um and in my mind, the, the spawn started maybe two weeks later uh, on the lake that I fish, which I um, probably won't name. But, uh, <laughs> I, don't uh, mean. I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every time on Instagram, somebody's like, where did you catch those fish? And I will give them an answer. And I just want everyone to know that 100% of the time, I am lying. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, I, am, I, am not, I am not truthful about where I catch fish. We uh, are usually real truthful, but very broad. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's real fun to be like, yeah, south of the Red River, but, you know, kind of uh, east. North of, yeah, yeah, north of yeah. ITN or something yeah. like that, you know. It's pretty fun to yeah. do, for, uh, especially for people who may not be uh, – geographically inclined you know they're like oh okay and then they gotta look it up and like oh man man they got me they got me yeah so how do you uh i I don't know i'm i don't know if you've ever been able to use this or not but you might have seen it or heard about it how do you feel about live scoping for crappie you know i was that's really funny i was thinking about that today yeah um and i i personally i Actually, no. I'm sorry. I was thinking about that yesterday because I was fishing. I was fishing a, a, a river yesterday. Let's call it the Red River. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I can tell that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was fishing, and uh, it was a little muddy. The, the 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 water had come up with all the recent rains, and I I almost didn't even go when I drove over. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be worth it. Turns out it was worth it, but that's that's a different story. And 
the water was a little muddier than usual, and usually this river is super clear, so you know it's not the red. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> so one thing I realized since I was a little kid, one of the things I enjoy the most about fishing is that you don't know what's in the water. And I think it's like that whole mystery to me is is a big part of it. And it's just trying that like, there's guesswork. And eventually as you mature as a as a fisherman, you, you start to just realize where fish are and you become better and better at it. And it kind of solves that mystery a little bit, but not entirely. And it never will. And so I think to me, LiveScope is I'm not going to call it cheating or judge it at all. I think it's totally fine. If you got got me on your boat and we were doing it, I'd probably have a fine time with it. But I I have to say personally that I enjoy the mystery of not knowing what's down there and trying to figure it out in spite of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's also – oh, go ahead. Well, I, we, I don't know if you saw, we released a video this spring uh, where we uh, – a friend of a friend kind of uh, who's a guide – basically just a crappie guide and he has the live scope and like you know everybody's doing it in the tournaments and stuff now mm-hmm. it was so effective that it kind of scared me you know like i, mm-hmm. I literally and the, the guides even on the local lake uh they've made a pack to they have decreased their personal limits by five a, on a daily mm-hmm. limit to take because mm-hmm. it is it's ridiculous like we caught a lot of crappie the day we went with them mm. and if we had been trying to figure it out that day, it'd have been like two, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it was, yeah. it was, it was uh, scary, scary how you could find these crappie that were just, you know, they were literally halfway suspended in the water column. I mean, there's, yeah. there's just Not hardly a way to figure it out. Stumps, you know? Yeah. As yeah. a means to a meal, it really makes a lot of sense. Yes. You know, like sure. it's a great way <laughs> to maximize your time. But if you're going to invest in it, you're probably not a guy who's only going to do it twice a year. You know, so right. that's kind of like, right. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of stuff. You know, I think woodsmanship is kind of the umbrella that this stuff falls under, you know, that um, technology kind of lends itself towards trying to take the edge off of that, you know. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it because that's the world we live in, you mm-hmm. know. But it's yeah. uh it's new it's new because obviously it's a new technology so like it's uh i think it's one of those things that just not easy just to process real quick for some people and mm-hmm. write, write off or you know whatever um yeah i think i mean and i think also if you're kind of a, a thinking man like and you enjoy uh trying to figure out like morally how you feel about certain things then uh, it may take time for you to come to conclusions on stuff yeah. so but you know it's Certainly. you can get real wide with this because you could say, well, this reservoir isn't natural anyways, <laughs> yeah, so let's just oh. drain the sucker and just get all the fish, you know? Like, yeah. you know, what the heck? It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, like, but, where's the line, I guess? Yeah. You know, you know if it's not a uh, naturally flowing river in Texas, you know, it's out, outside of Caddo Lake, you know, which yeah. is yeah. now sort of damned, uh, at least level controlled. I have the solution, guys. Do you? I just thought Let of it. Let me hear yeah. it. Okay, so there should be some kind of a... Uh, a I hate to say tax here, KC. Oh, you're going to get my libertarian thing raging here. <laughs> okay, there should be there should be some kind of like a uh, self-imposed tax. There we go. Okay, That's what we're talking about. That, that goes uh, on the on the sales of these live scopes, and it goes towards uh, expanding the um, state fishery program where we are brooding crappie and stocking more crappie in lakes. What do you think about that? Uh, I love it. There's something there. There's something there. <laughs> that there's way, something. it's like if we're going to take more, we're also going to kind of give back to the uh, program that puts more in there. So mm. I don't know. Yeah, 
Well, there's, gonna, there's so many. It's so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you going to do any saltwater stuff this summer? Uh, a couple trips. I think I, I might be going next week on a quick overnight run. I just need to get my crab traps wet. Um, I just I don't even know if I'm gonna bring a fishing pole, but I, I want to run down there. Uh, and maybe do a little flounder gigging and some crab traps, uh, maybe just for a night or two. And then we've got some uh, longer trips planned yeah. later in the in the spring, going to Baffin and then another Matagorda trip where mm. we've got a, a few nights and there'll be some more serious crabbing. Are you going to do uh, uh, walking wade flounder or are you going out on the boat? Walking wade. That's cool. Yeah. You Is have uh, Jerry's LEDs. Is that what you use? I have, it's a cheap uh, little light that I bought, I believe, at Academy. Oh, um, cool. It's a little PVC deal. It works pretty good. And I've got my my patented uh, crab net on one end and gig on the other. There you go. Uh, Dude. And a little <laughs> Dude. kitty litter kitty litter bucket that's got a PVC flotation around it that uh, that the crabs go in. And we just drag that behind us and scoop scoop crab, crabs and, and stick flounder. And, that's cool. Uh, then, this we, is... then we stuff the crabs into the flounder. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dude. <laughs> You're just – what you do is – I'm so jealous, dude. Like, I can't tell you – if I could make a career like yours, it would be. It's <laughs> it's, it's, cool. it's it's ideal. Like you have to eat. Why not eat well and then make a living off yeah. of it? You know, like that's so cool, man. That's well, cool. Here's here's an, an update too. Just yesterday, I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. And and this falls in the category of dress for the job that you want. Uh, I went to Parks and Wildlife headquarters yesterday, and I got a commercial freshwater fishing license. Hey, that's and, cool. And a retail uh, fish dealer's license, which enables me to go and fish for non-game species and then sell it out of the restaurant. Dude. So, hmm. so we are, <laughs> again, you know, it's like I got to go to work, which, you know, go go fishing now. Um uh, we're going to be able to put uh, sunfish, like bluegills, mm-hmm. red breasts, red ears, oh, uh, probably six, six foot two, on the menu. Oh my gosh, uh, dude! Of the restaurant, so, that's cool. I mean, I just uh, I don't know if anybody else is doing anything like no, that. But, no, I no. Mean, if you're if you're talking about like local food, and I don't just even mean the sourcing, but I mean get down to the culture of it too. Yeah, it's it's, it's so exciting to me to be able to offer stuff like that to even people that don't you know fish at all or never had a whole fried bluegill but to put that on our menu and be like you you read all this about you know oh, this farm salmon is sustainable or you know mm, of, of not of true but, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. but i mean i'm gonna let's let's talk about the sustainability or the the footprint of this fish that that was caught you know eight miles from here and it's oh, super prolific yeah. fish and it's delicious yeah and it just and it speaks to the, the, our culture too I mean, and it can survive fish. in a drainage ditch you know like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. take aquaculture for right so. yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. So, exactly so okay so let's talk about that a little bit where <clears throat> where do you plan on or I guess how, like what techniques are you going to use to source these? You're where like, is a bad question? <laughs> yeah, where? No, obviously the Red River. But, um, so, the, uh, I mean, obviously you're not taking a fly rod out there and catching these things. You know, like there's going to be some kind of method, right? That's true. And I think that, and I, I cleared this to a couple game wardens and some very confused people at Parks and Wildlife headquarters. <laughs> and uh, I... Uh, I went to them, and then and one person was like, well, you're going to need to also get a boat permit. And I said, well, okay, but 
I have to get a boat permit for my uh, non-motorized canoe. And they, they're like, you're a commercial fisherman that doesn't have a motorized boat. I'm like, yes, ma'am. That is, that is true. So, so they were like, they had no idea uh, what to do, you know, with this permit, but I got it. I got it cleared at multiple levels and I think we're all good. But uh, the technique is just uh, an ultralight uh, rod. And I, I use uh, mealworms, giant mealworms. Yeah. Um, and that, that seemed, in my experience, that is absolutely the best bet for uh, sunfish, catfish, too, a six clobber them. Yeah. Can you uh, serve catfish that way, too? Or is they, they're not a game species, right? Catfish falls under a different category in that the, the take of catfish is restricted to certain yes. counties. That's what and gets the, confusing is because yeah. Texas has game species, and then there's also species that have limits and regulations, but they're not game species. I don't quite understand right. the value system there. Right. It, yeah. is, it is pretty complicated, but I'd have to move over. I would only have to move one county over to, do, to catch catfish, huh. but... Um, I'm going to concentrate right now on the on the bluegills and the and the red breasts because yeah. you know those are prolific. I can I can go and catch a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, so no final traps. Ease. No, I don't think so. I think I'm going to do it all fair and square. <laughs> that's gotcha. cool. Uh, for now. So yeah, I mean that's the most that's so. the most fun for me. I mean just using a you know got some yeah. nice little ultralight rods. And, I don't know if you uh, caught that, but Jesse is judging you if you do use a funnel trap because it's not fair and square. (laughs) No, you you know me. I don't judge. We know you. We know. I'm just giving you a hard time. So I know as soon as you got that permit, your wheels are turning. Um, Can you give us maybe just a menu preview for like what that's going to look like? Just tell me a dish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We we tested the dish today with the couple that that I got last night. Um. And I, I'm not going to blow any minds at this one. Oh. I mean, we. <laughs> I know what you. I did is I, <laughs> Hot grease. <laughs> I, I, yes, yes. I, I scaled the fish hole, uh, left the head on, you know, gutted and gilled, and then butterflied the fillets off of it, and then cut each one of those fillets, not not off, but I scored them so that they'd be almost come off. And I think the best way to describe it is if you can imagine a blooming onion, but it was a fish. Oh my goodness. So, oh, man. so I cut the fillets total into six, six pieces that mm-hmm. are still attached to the rib cage. And then, um, did a mustard and buttermilk marinade on that and then tossed that in a, in a dredge of cornmeal, um, and some spices like Garlic powder, onion powder, celery seed, things like that, and then we fried fried that until it's crispy. And what it did is it exposed. When you get those fillets off there, and you make sure you get that dredge in those fillets, and so it exposed all those fins, and so they got super crispy. And you got the fish chips, and then all you got to do to pull that fillet off is just literally grab it, and it just comes off in mm-hmm. a nice little bite-sized piece. And we we tested it today with a little remoulade sauce that we make, and it's just going to be an appetizer. It's going to be a whole fried fish, whole fried bluegill um, that you can get, you know, along with some venison tartare and then mm. eat a pork chop. Um, I can't get yeah. that. That is right. I think, <laughs> Dude, I think you've yeah. described my order. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Y'all, the time is here. The whitetail finally are developing brow tines. And you know what that means. We have made the turn, and it is time to think about deer season and elk season and all those other seasons that are coming up. Um, And with that comes tinkering with your equipment. Let me tell you, you need to check out some Vector Custom Arrows, okay? They have got a sweet website, and it's fixing to get even better, okay? But you can go in, 
put in all your statistics for your draw length, draw weight, all that stuff, and they'll give you a couple different choices of different arrows to choose. And get this. He just said it was a soft release, but we're going to do a hard release. They just changed all their arrow tolerances to one one-thousandth, right? So you have a premium arrow at a good price. And to not to mention or to mention, you now have a element code to get you 10% off, okay? So just put all caps ELEMENT in the discount code box and get you that fat discount on some sweet arrows from Vector Custom Shop. How do you, uh, um, like, I, I guess... I have a co- I have several questions that are kind of bouncing around <laughs> in my mind here. Um, how long are you like doing the marinade part of it? I'd say up to a day or two because wow. you oh, okay. got that mustard, that mustard and that buttermilk, and that's going to start to kind of kind of cure it a little bit. Um, uh-huh. The mustard's very acidic, um, and that's just mostly meant to give it a nice to give the, uh, the the dredge, the dry mix, something good to stick to. And also that mustard adds so much flavor. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite ways to fry fish is just – and I've seen that a lot lately, people just tossing their fish, the fillets, just right, rubbing them down with a little bit of yellow mustard and then going into cornmeal and then frying that. And mm-hmm. It's it's great because it adds a little acidity to it, a little, yeah. little mm-hmm. bite. You might not – even if you hate mustard, you might like that uh, just because it just gives it a little more balance. Yeah. And, uh, it's a it's – a, Great way to fry fish. Are you uh, using any cornstarch in that, uh, you know, in your toss or whatever with, with the cornmeal? Not specifically, but you absolutely can. Um, that gets a really nice crunchy uh, coating on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I mean, uh, cornstarch, rice flour is another really good one uh, to put in there. It gets really, really crispy. That's boring uh, on like tempura at that point in time, right? And that what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Have you ever tried um, like a like a Louisiana hot sauce um, as like your uh, dredge, I guess, or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like underneath the breading, I guess. Yes. So, I mean, a lot of times I will. I mean, I'll add that to the mustard and buttermilk mm. um, sometimes, and get that that hot sauce in there to make it. You know, obviously it's spicier. And what you're doing again is you're adding that acid in there, mm-hmm. and that's always good in food it always just that's why you know like squeeze a lemon in your tea or squeeze a lemon on your fish or you know salad dressing mm. it's always that, that acidity that, that's really like balancing things especially mm-hmm, yeah. something that's rich and fried so hot sauce is going to be really good in there too listen boys <laughs> Tyler spoke for himself a while ago when he said we ate before this I did not actually I have I have hog spaghetti on the stove it's waiting so oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah man. I know, dude. I have to. <laughs> Went in Rome. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, what's a shame, uh, and you might have this up your sleeve, but, um, you know, one of the most glorious things about sunfish is the coloration. They're kind of the trout of the south, you know? Like, they, each species oh, yeah. has its own cool thing. So, it's it's it would be kind of cool if you could capture that on the plating in some sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I hear you. Yeah. 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 The, like, especially yeah. like those long ears or red breasts, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. with the blues and, you know, the turquoise and all that. Like, that's a, that would be a cool thing to share with people. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, you haven't seen a more beautiful fish till you've caught a, a, a spawning red breast. Uh, you know, out of like, you know, like some weedy water where, you know, the fish are always more vibrantly colored yeah, and man. Like tannic or, or, you know, a lot of hyacinth or hydrilla. For some reason, they just take on a lot better color. Mm-hmm. And when they're spawning, I mean, that's a gorgeous fish right there. Yeah. Like yeah. really, really pretty. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they are. And they are pretty and they're they're natives. 
Um, there's, there's just a lot of reasons to, to be eating those and honor them too. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I have always felt that that is a really cool fish and I will, I will fish for those, um, all summer long. I, I really enjoy that. And I don't do it just as like, Oh, it's just easy. Or, you know, I, I would challenge somebody, you know, to go to the river X that I was on yesterday. And I'd be like, <laughs> you, you catch me a nine inch red breast. Oh, that's, that's a toad. So easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's, they're, you know, they're, they're hard. I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta mend your line. You can't, you can't have a bad drift. Um, you know, you have to do all these things, right. Use light line. You got to, you got to set that hook immediately when they take it. There's a lot of tricks to them. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I think they're cool fish and they deserve a lot more yeah. uh, than, than the reputation they might have as being like an easy kids fish. You yeah. Know? Cause I think catching them consistently can be a little, little tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Are you, what, what, uh, do you have like a limit on size that you try to keep for the restaurant or that you're going to try to keep? Uh, I'd say, you know, like seven to nine inches. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, definitely big enough to make it worthwhile. Also, I need consistency. Right. So there's there's actually you know another spot really close to my house that I'm I'm probably will, will fish at, but it's uh, it almost produces fish that are too big. I mean, they average around ten inches mm. out of this place. Um, and I I lost one at the boat um, probably about three weeks ago. That was a, a heartbreaker. I mean, it was every bit. <laughs> Uh, 12 it. inches long that thing was a monster was a, i mean i got it right next to me i saw it it was very clearly a red breast and i you know i'm not doing that big one that got away deal but mm -hmm. yeah the, this this big one that got away was a foot plus long oh. it's because you didn't have that kate uh, combo with you to scoop it up that's right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. are you gonna um kind of get expand that a little bit like have you thought about anything with gar or anything like that no, I, I hadn't, but that's that's actually a great idea. Um, um, I didn't even think about that at all. But yeah, I could. I, I do believe I have to look into it more, and make sure I'm I'm completely legal. But I could uh, do some gar. Yeah. And you guys know I, I'm I'm a big fan uh, yeah. of the gar. You mm -hmm. know, and especially those mid-sized ones. You know, sliced thin and fried, or or smoked, or or, or boiled, made into a cake, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, man. I think that would really be sweet. Nice. I'll have to get a knife yeah. sharpener after them suckers, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'll show you a trick one time. I'll show you a trick. Well, it's, I just want it's all I just about want to... going between the scales. Yeah. yeah. Move your knife at the same angle those scales are. Get huh. that knife in between them. And then you can move their knife. You can cut all the way around their head without going through the scales, and then use the ten snips or the loppers to, mm, to gotcha. bust through. Yeah, that's a that's a good little tip there. I've just always done the ten snip thing and just kind of mm -hmm. worked it. And I, I I'm not going to speak like I eat gar all the time, but I have, and it was you know it's pretty good stuff, mm -hmm. you know. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I just that's uh, I just want to. I just want to go fishing with you sometime, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. Especially man. the twelve-inch red ear, or <laughs> red breast there. Yeah, you know? I'll take a. That, that's got to be somewhere on the Red River, probably west of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, downstream of the dairy barn, maybe probably. even just south of the Red River. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the first <laughs> That's right. Is there yeah. uh, if you know, say somebody is inspired and thinking about eating a little bit of panfish this summer? Is there are there any months where you're kind of you know saying, well, this isn't the month for taste purpose? purposes you know what i'm saying uh no i haven't discovered that i'm catching them mostly out of pretty cool water yeah um in rivers um and then i mean the lakes yeah they'll get they'll start to heat up but i probably switch over to the rivers at that point so mm -hmm. i mean those rivers in central texas are flowing they're pretty cold 
I yeah. mean, relatively. So uh, they they seem to be good year round, um, and they they bite. I mean, I've caught them out of this river every month of the year, too. They're they're very active, and so no, I'd say I'd say go for it. That's kind of like for me, my seasons just kind of change with with the fish or the or the game as mm-hmm. to like what i what i have ready access to because you know i try to wrap up my crappie and white bass season time for turkey and then as soon as i've killed as many turkeys as legally allowed <laughs> i switch over to to sunfish and crab for both basically the rest of the summer until it's dove season yeah. you know it's just kind of then you you know as time goes on you just get into those grooves and you you just I, I I just kind of I'm always looking forward to that next thing, and then when it happens, I'm just like just super focused on that one that one thing, mm-hmm. and I like that. So I mean, I think seasonally, uh, for me, sunfish is kind of a summer fish because it occupies that time of the year where not much else is going on, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're they're fairly active. You know, they're they're long spawners. They they'll spawn from that first moon in April all the way through July. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll always have a round of, of, of fish spawning. And, and so they're, they're always pretty active and feeding pretty heavily despite mm-hmm. that hot water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, I heard a central Texas in there, by the end of this podcast, we'll have your spot. <laughs> Casey's on on X right now. <laughs> I hope y'all are watching your accounts because cards are getting hit. It is tag season, which is so much better than application season, but still not quite hunting season. But man, we are getting close. If you drew that magic tag or you know that you are resolving to OTC, no matter what, you need to check out Onyx Maps because that is the most up-to-date, comprehensive intense, detailed public land mapping system that you can find on your phone application, on your computer, whatever it is, you will be able to see the public land layers, the private land layers, section lines, whatever you think you might need, Onyx has it. So go download the Onyx app on your phone right now. You can find a link in the description below. So here's a here's a question that uh, has perplexed me for some time now. I Every time I go to the coast, I try to do some blue crab stuff you know crabbing a little bit and try it we my brother-in-law um like he's not really a hunter or fisherman too much but he goes every time we go do something and he's all about it you know like he's just he's up for adventure and um and he'll eat anything you know so like we always do the blue crab thing but it is so much work and i and i'm still Mm. like confused sometimes when i open up a crab as to like because i've heard people say if you eat the gills make you sick and all this and that can you kind of can you kind of give me some tips on i guess uh processing crabs like what's the best technique and the easiest way to get the most meat off of those suckers yeah i mean i think you know with with processing them something that we discovered the past couple seasons is getting live crabs from the coast back home, you know, wherever that may be. For me, it's three hours away, typically in the summer, and it's really hard to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. And you're either going to get them too cold or too hot. And, you know, hitting that sweet spot is pretty difficult. So what we do first is, is drop them in ice water, um, and that'll kill them, or at least stun them. Uh, pull them out of the ice water and then uh, remove the top shell of the carapace and you do that by it's kind of hard to describe but you the, you, you flip that bottom uh 
tab off and mm-hmm. mostly keeping male crabs. So you, you take that off and then you, you pull that top shell off. And it's kind of hard, but, you know, you apply a little force to it and you get that top shell off. And then you pull all the guts and the lungs out, the dead man fingers or whatever you call them. And you pull all that out and then break that crab in half. And then what you've got is a clean crab that's got all the guts and bacteria and stuff out of there. And so that'll hold a lot better. It also cooks a little faster and it's easier to, to handle when you start cracking it and eating it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, for transport, we've been doing that. Now, if we're cooking on site, you know, if we're down there on the coast, we just boil them whole because there's not really any reason to go through that, that process to keep them fresh if you've still got them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, for me, for most people, they're like, yeah, blue crab's a lot of work. And you know, my answer is usually like, yeah, I never said it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I did. Uh, I, last time I was, um, we went to Galveston last summer and we did some crabbing and I did your, um, was it's like a crab, spaghetti recipe or oh, whatever yeah. i forget what it's called but it's essentially yeah. spaghetti noodles with like butter and you know crab meat and all the goods and it's kind of like i think you you do it on the beach or at least on your book it looked like you were doing it on the beach pretty often when you did that yeah butter lemon garlic that's it it's all the like. good stuff it's all the good stuff it's yeah. so good yeah. man yeah, yeah we did that my kids ate it up man like oh it's so good it's it's and you don't just need best. a lot yeah. I mean, what we'll do a lot is like, you know, all the crabs get boiled at once. And even if we're not going to eat them all, and then maybe the cooked crabs get chilled down, or if we're, for lack of a better term, sober enough at the end of that to, to continue to clean them, we'll sit there and just pick the meat off of them after a big crab boil and then set and then chill that meat down. And then you kind of getting that work done ahead of time, you know, paying it forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a really good technique or I'll sit down and listen to a, you know, an invigorating podcast, a couple dudes that travel around and shoot big deer or whatever. <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll just, you know, sit there and I'll clean crabs for two hours and, you know, drink coffee and whatever. And then I might have two quarts crab meat, which is gold. I mean, the street value of that right now, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no for kidding. real. $40 a pound for, for jumbo lump uh, going rate. And so, really, you know, pick that. And then for the next couple of days, you've got options. I mean, you're making spaghetti, you're making crab cakes, you're making crab dip. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of stuff. And I think it just, it gets real fun when you, if you can just knock that work out, but I mean, there's, there's no way of getting around it, but you know, it's like plucking a dove. Everybody's like, Oh, it takes so long to pluck a dove. And my question is how long would it take you to drive to your dove hunt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, an hour and a half. And I'm like, it'd take you 45 minutes to pluck a limit of doves. That's mm-hmm. half the time it took you to just drive there. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you plucking doves is a lot more fun than driving. <laughs> yeah, I, true. I, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's a personal thing. But, um, you know, I, it's it's funny when, when it comes down to time, a lot of us, you know, myself included sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. we just get a little, uh, you know, persnickety about about spending our time with kind of the more tedious tasks but you well, know, america, at the end of the day i think it's fun america is a, is a busy culture right now man like it's yeah. uh it's weird but like we're expected to do more and more every day you know because we have a phone yeah. in our hands and we have the ability to send an email while we're driving you know what i mean it's just like yeah the expectation yeah. has never been this high for work output so it really does put a 
kind of put a mentality into a lot of people that, man, you know, I can get these doves done in about, you know, three minutes or I can take 45 minutes and mm-hmm. not send the emails I need to send, you know, this mm-hmm. weekend or whatever. So I see, I see where it comes in, you know, but like, uh, fine food is a pretty cool thing for me too. You know, you know? we learned about this some in anthropology in college, uh, really interesting class. You know, I would suggest anybody if you're at a higher level of learning, taking that class, no matter what your major is. But um, there's like a ratio uh, that goes, or I guess it's probably like an inverse graph or whatever of like um, the amount of time spent working compared to calories obtained or something like that. And you would think that we're getting more and more efficient, but it's exactly opposite of that compared to like a hunter-gatherer culture. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So like it was like, um, does it have to do with individuals working together better, or how does that? I think it's just um, because we've added so many processes or processes or whatever the word is there to what we do for a living. So instead of like me going outside of my current residence and shooting the first bird I see and eating it, uh, now you know I go do X, Y, and Z in my daily activities. <laughs> And my output versus input is way off on the ratio. Mm-hmm. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I can shoot a blue jay from my back porch every day right mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm assuming I don't. I'm not an expert on Texas cultures, but I'm assuming it was pretty opportunity based. You know, mm-hmm. just looking from some of the stuff that I've seen. You know, and I'm well, sure from, there's some things that were preferred. But you get what yeah. I'm saying, right? Like, it's uh you know, I've got sassafras at like 80 yards right yeah. here for making some type of brew or yeah. whatever, you know, I got... They uh, used to put it in uh, in like uh, Cajun food too, I believe. Yeah, yeah like uh, in gumbos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's true, man. And like, same deal, like we got blackberries and dewberries coming off right now. Just right the up. wazoo, yeah. I mean, everywhere. Mulberries. Oh, yeah. Mulberries, mm-hmm. you know, and so... And oh. I, and another thing, like, I, have you ever heard this, Jesse? I've, I've read, I've done a little bit of research on this, but I've read that... Uh, like robins were a big time, like valued species for people. I don't know how long ago this was. I think it was pre like 1950s, maybe mm-hmm. um, that like people say they were better than dove, which of course, you know, that's kind of a thing to it's say thing sometimes, to say. but like, that's what I've heard. Have you ever heard anything about people hunting robins and eating them? Yes, sir. I mean, it, it, they're clean feeders uh, yeah. and they only eat worms. And so I've heard that raw, I've, in all honesty, I've never tried one. It's illegal mm-hmm. also. But uh, I did have a friend who, who swore that his grandmother, and he was from Louisiana, of course, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, swore that his grandmother would make uh, Robin gumbo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, definitely. And I, yeah, you're right. I think, you know, you go back a thousand years. Um, that bird is dying. I don't think it, it matters what kind of bird. <laughs> yeah. it is. You know, it's like, it's, it's getting shot with one of those little beautiful bird points, you know, those mm-hmm. tiny little arrowheads, um, you know, on a tiny shaft and that, and that's what those were for. Yeah. And, and for, for killing, you know, songbirds, you know, it's mm-hmm. definitely a source of protein. So, well, you know, Teddy Roosevelt yeah. at his inaugural dinner, I think well, I can't remember the number for sure, but I think it's 155,000 golden plovers. That's what they served for dinner at the inaugural meal. And a golden plover, I think now is uh, a threatened species and used to be endangered or something like that. You know, like you just don't you don't see very many of them. And they were yeah. eating shorebirds at the at the, at the yeah. lighthouse. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Things have changed a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, um, 
what passenger pigeon? Isn't that the one that's extinct? That's the one that's gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that yeah. was a tasty critter. Oh, I guarantee you. <laughs> you know? It's in the family, <laughs> that's man. That's right. Like, <laughs> yeah. It has to be. If it coos like that and it's not a baby, it's probably pretty good eating. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Have, yeah. You, uh, have you ever done any pigeon hunting? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've always shot them, or mostly shot them, you know, in, in, in during a dove hunt. Yeah. You know, when, it, when a pigeon flies over and it's just like, oh, this is great. I, I absolutely love... <laughs> Uh, eating pigeons, I think they're they're great. You know, a, a pigeon that's been hitting a cornfield uh, for a couple months is is a is a delicious bird. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a big dove. I mean, it's a feral rock dove. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. in the same family. Um, they make great stock. Um, you know, I've made all kinds of things with them. Um, you can slow cook them in the crock pot. You can just take the whole plucked pigeons, throw them in the crock pot, cook them, make some nice stock, and then shred that meat, put that in an egg roll or a taco or whatever it is. And um, I think you'd be pretty happy with that. I mean, we have a bit of a bias against, you know, the city pigeons. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, a pigeon is a really good game bird. Um, t- can you talk real quick about like uh this this wild game uh bird stock making process like it's very simple right i don't guess i ever realized how simple it is until uh, maybe a couple months ago i was looking at a post of yours yeah well i i do this thing that i i call sunday stock and it's actually i dedicated a little short chapter to it in my in my new book and it, it's it's a technique where i used to make stock in big batches and I used to, you know, and during classes, I'd talk to people about stock making. And I could always, you know, you can always tell when, you, when you're when you when you talking about something and people kind of glaze over and they're like, eh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so, and I, and I always try to figure out what, what's the pinch point, you know, where, where, what's, at what point are they not going to do that uh, and why? Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just like, it's volume. It's it's a big project, and I'm already trying to tell them to do all these other big projects, like you know, cut the ribs and and, and save the silver skin and do, and the shanks and whatnot. So, and what I realized is like it's probably it's a volume deal, and so I I started in my own home making this Sunday stock, and it came from you know like Sunday is usually a day a good day for me to cook a bunch of stuff for the coming week, mm-hmm. and what I do is I just take anything out of my out of my freezer it could be a a a hog shank or ham bone-in ham from like a medium or a small size pig maybe it's a a a shoulder or you know a a a four shank uh maybe or of a deer uh maybe it's half a dozen doves maybe it's a a turkey leg which is a really good one of these or maybe it's like a bunch of duck legs or something like that and then what i do is i throw that in the crock pot, cover it with water, and then put in whatever I got on hand. And that's going to be onion skins or onions, maybe a piece of celery, maybe a carrot, maybe a bay leaf. Um, Throw that in there and let that rip. You know, just let that go for eight hours or whatever it takes to make that meat tender. And at the end of that process, what I've got is some just unseasoned shredded meat and then also some really nice stock. Mm-hmm. And but what I also have is a manageable amount of shredded meat, manageable amount of stock. I'm probably going to have two or three quarts of stock, and maybe three or four cups of shredded meat 
which is good for a meal or two mm-hmm. uh, for each of those things. And then they don't even have to go into the freezer if you're if you cook a lot at home. Then then you might be able to utilize all that stuff within the week. And then come next week, you just repeat that maybe with a different different protein. Mm-hmm. Maybe you switch over to turkey or or you could throw a whole rabbit in there and do the same exact thing. And you come up with this shredded meat. And with that, you can make. I mean, I'll just, you know, the recipes that are in the, the book, you know, flautas, uh, dumplings, you know, where you make like a quick little dough and then you, you put that shredded meat in there and then you boil that. It's like a giant ravioli. Um, uh, manicotti, which is like a, a stuffed pasta dish mm-hmm. that's baked, you know, tomato sauce and cheese. And you can do that with any meat. Just take the shredded meat, mix it with a little ricotta cheese, uh, stuff like that. And yeah. so it's, it, or you can turn around and make, dumplings or a pot pie anything uh, so with that shredded meat and that stock and you can use them both together how do you know the how do you know the ratio of like water to add to the amount of protein slash bones you're putting into a stock you don't you can't really make a mistake okay with this if, if you put too much water in there then your stock's going to be a d- little diluted and thin but who cares uh-huh. do you I add mean, salt it doesn't matter i don't um, I, you, you could add a little bit, but I usually add salt in the, in the further steps of the recipe. Yeah. So like, um, I will, I'll, I'll mix a little salt in with the shredded meat and whatever application that's going in. And then that stock would be used to make a soup or, or like in your pot pie or, or, you know, if you're going to do the dumplings, you know, you could serve them with a little bit of that broth. Uh, we make flautas, uh, you know, roll roll that shredded meat up with um, in, in a tor- in a corn tortilla, and then pan fry that, and then take the the stock and cook some dried chilies in that, and then use that for dipping. You dip that crispy flauta in there, and then you have that stock <laughs> oh my with goodness. like garlic and chilies, and it's so simple. Ugh. I mean, it, it might sound complex, but seriously quite quite simple yeah um and you know anybody can do that and i think you know we've we've always talked and this is one of the reasons i really enjoy talking to you guys is that you know your audience is engaged and they want to do this stuff and it's just you just got to know that it's simple and you can make mistakes Mm. but a lot of times the this this fear of mistakes is unfounded and that you're not really going to put too much water or too little water in there um, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll just be a little stronger, a little more diluted, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be good. Well, if it's just, if it's too diluted, you just cook it longer, right? And boil yeah, it down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. There's like, yeah. I, I think another thing kind of as a just confidence booster for somebody who might be listening and hearing this and, and, you know, trying to get started in this is like, there's, you're going to kind of mess a few things up starting out and, that you know it's it's just like it's like anything you do man like but if you stick with it and you learn like some of the basic i guess and i'm nowhere near on your level jesse but i'm just saying like i like to cook and i i do it pretty well for me it tastes pretty good so um but like once you learn some of the basics of how to you know once you learn what a scrambled egg is supposed to look like, I mean, you can do it over and over and over <laughs> right. again. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it's yeah. the same thing. Like, once you learn what the, the good stock tasted like that you made, then you can do it over and over again, and you got it the rest of your life, you know? And that's, like, yeah. that's just priceless, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great point. So, I've I i uh, I've messed dishes up. I think 
No, that's a good good reason to hunt deer is because there's a lot of meat. So if you mess up one dish, mm-hmm. you still got more. You know, if you go out and uh, catch two red breasts and you mess one up, you only got one more chance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for that meal at least. But, you know, I mean, something that's a little more valuable, I guess, like an elk backstrap or something, you know, you yeah. you may only get one of those every, you know, five years or something. So it's uh, something you don't want to mess up. But uh, I was going to kind of go back to the, the fish here for a second because uh, here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to actually go to Cabo. And uh, uh, yeah, so my 10-year anniversary was last year, which if – you know, as we kind of talked about, it's a, you know, disaster of a year for uh, the world pretty much uh, as far as travel and stuff goes. So we didn't get to do our, our 10 year anniversary trip. And we literally haven't done a trip without my kids in 10 years. So um, we decided to go to Cabo and we got us a charter. So I plan on bringing back some fish, like quite a yeah, bit. Rooster fish, <laughs> Dorado. Yeah, Dorado. Marlin. Yep. Yeah. Are you uh, going after the, the big ones or just the, the kind of the mid-range well they are they're smoking yellowfin tuna and striped Mm -hmm. marlin right now Mm -hmm. um but they i I, way i understand it is kind of mid to late june when we'll be there the dorado is like that's when it starts really picking up Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. my guide um is actually a uh like his favorite fish to catch is the dorado so Mm um we're I was going to try to get some ch- tips on you. I don't know how much traveling with, uh, you know, meat you've done, but if you had any thoughts about how to, like, what the best way to bring back the fish is, um, I would be up to for hearing that for sure. Yeah, I think if you could back seal it, you know, you might want to just pack a, a little food saver or, or whatever the smallest uh, back sealer that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, you know, back seal and freeze. Uh, and then bring it back. I mean, if you can put that in your in your checked luggage or, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, or a soft sided cooler. I mean, most of, like the Yetis are are made to to fit uh, as uh, as carry on luggage, and so you can you know, you can pack one of those full of frozen fish and get it back. And mm-hmm. obviously, frozen fish isn't quite as good as fresh fish, but. If you if you uh, vac seal it and freeze it super fresh and doesn't have a lot of water on it, get it nice and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it travels really really well, and mm-hmm. that's best case. You know, you got to bring it back. Oh yeah. But I will say, while you're there, definitely take advantage of any of those restaurants and try to get out of the touristy compounds and find some of those places in in town that will cook your fish and. That's that's heaven right there, mm, you know. You now we we even took her. I was I've I've been there once. It's it's very. I've done very little travel and caught fish, but that was one place that I have been. And we we actually took a rooster fish into one of the restaurants <laughs> that we found. And really? everybody says you can't eat those things, and it was it was really good. It's really? a big jack, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you a and jack crevel eater? Uh, I've eaten some. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, and there's also other members of the Jack family that are quite good. Yeah. Um, Pompano, but, right? Uh, yeah. Aren't yeah. they a Jackfish? Yeah. 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 Almeco Jack is excellent. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, but we, yeah, we took this rooster fish in. We had a, we had a Dorado and a rooster fish and we took it into this one place and they, they made it. I mean, the, the guy in the kitchen, he knew what to do with that rooster fish and it came out. <laughs> great you know and that's cool how do you cook it i remember specifically he did a he did a cream sauce with dried chilies in it 
And uh, I think it, something about Whoa. that just it just really worked. Whoa, yeah, that's cool. Uh, they also they have enough to get too off topic, but they have no, these this things, is the topic. These, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they have these clams down there, and they're called chocolatas, and they're these little brown clams, and they serve them raw. They come out of that sea of Cortez. They're super cold, and what they do is they scoop them out and they chop them up, and then you squeeze lime on them. And they're so fresh that they'll move when you squeeze that mm-hmm. lime. Oh my goodness! And uh, it'll it'll change your life. It's oh. good stuff right there. There's some there's some great seafood coming out of those cold waters there. Yeah, and like I said, you get off the get off the beaten path a little bit and get into town and find some of those places and. And, you know, just, just like when you're traveling anywhere yeah. and especially around the ocean, you know, you're, you're destined to find some really great food. And I think that, you know, you're, you're going to be there at a great time of year and, and bringing back some beautiful, hopefully some Dorado. And you might, yes. I, I know they, they have a the culture down there that's big into uh, smoking the Marlin. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and that's something you don't see a lot of that in Mexican food is smoked fish or smoked anything, really. But that is something that they do at the Marlin. And I don't know if that's offered as a service, but you might want to look into that, too, if you can like, find. Is that smoke cured like a salmon that you just eat, or is, yeah. are they yeah. using it like to make a dip or something like that? I mean, I guess Both. you could, but, like, you know, what's Both, traditionally? Yeah, yeah that, I you know I don't really recall how they served it. Yeah, but I remember seeing it. It was almost almost all the all the menus. That's cool. Did uh, you? Yes. Yeah, so do you do you do you like Marlin? I mean, like uh, I've heard mixed reviews on it, you know. But obviously, like I get kept a lot, you know. Yeah, I mean, just you know, I think like kind of like the rooster fish. I mean, a little bit on that that kind of almost metallic side, uh-huh. and then not on the. I mean, for me. I, I love most fish. Mm-hmm. Like I just love fish, even if it's not the best. So yeah, I mean, you, but if you catch one and, and you're going to keep it, then I, I, I guess the take home is is there's delicious things you can do with it. Yeah, and you know, when in Rome, if they're smoking the marlin, there might be something to it. Oh yeah, yeah dude, I'm yeah. all about trying new stuff too, man. Um, yeah, I got I got a question for you. If I catch a yellowfin tuna. I have uh, I've kind of struggled with the tuna steak thing, and I know, like, I know not to overcook it, you know. But like, yeah. I just feel like I don't do it right. It doesn't quite turn out. It's it seems really inconsistent, and just sometimes maybe it's the maybe it's the quality of the tuna I'm using because a lot of times it's just store bought stuff, you know. But mm-hmm. um, you got what you got a tip for cooking a good tuna steak? Well, I mean more than anything you don't want to overcook it mm-hmm. um you know tuna needs to be medium rare on, on the high end of it i'd say you know rare to medium rare uh or raw you know mm-hmm. like, yeah i mean it's i mean so it's just such an excellent fish to eat raw um you know just cube it up and marinate it with a little you know soy and sesame oil and a bowl of rice and that's lunch right there mm. uh but I would say, you know, super hot grill, um, very clean grill, and then oil it a little bit and season it. And just, you know, you want to just kind of zap that outside, let it rest a little bit. And then, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't take it beyond medium rare. Mm-hmm. And if, if you do want to cook it all the way, then think like almost like tuna, canned tuna, you mm-hmm. know, where you're going to want to like slow cook it with like maybe some olive oil and garlic until it kind of, it's moist and it spreads and you can make, you know, like tuna salad or something with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that grate of tuna 
Uh, yeah. Maybe not the highest and best use. No, no, yeah, it's not. going. Most of it's yeah. going to be raw, you know. But like, yeah. I do like. Yeah. I like the thought of a tuna steak with like just a good sear on the outside because I love. Yeah. I love when I steer sear a steak like that. Crust is just one of my favorite mm-hmm. flavors in the world, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I uh, have messed that up before, so I was going to see about it. On but. that vein, as you can tell, I'm into the weird a little bit. <laughs> Jesse, you're the guy for this question. Um, we have a fish on the Texas coast that is in the tuna family, locally known as Bonita, but uh, mm-hmm. more uh, the common name would be Little Toonie. Have mm-hmm. you eaten a Little Toonie and made it taste good? Yes. Um, and it's exactly what I was just talking about, where you're going to slow cook them. Okay. So it's imperative to remove that that bloodline, uh-huh. take that black bloodline out. And we actually do things with that, too. I won't get into that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I'll tell you, right? We'll, we'll salt that and smoke it until it's bone dry. And then we'll grate that and use that as like a seasoning. But anyway, that's, that's, that's cool. Huh. That's getting kind of beyond it. But... Um, <laughs> But that cubed meat off the loin, cleaned of all the all the black bloodline, cubed and uh, maybe seasoned with salt. Uh, maybe give that about twelve hours before you cook it, and then we're gonna really, really slowly cook that in a lot of olive oil, and some lemon, and some garlic, and some bay leaves until it's just falling apart and basically what you have at that point is just like a canned tuna mm-hmm. um that you can use for tuna salad and things like that um it's not going to be a great grilling fish you know mm-hmm. but uh for that application i mean if you kept it and your you, your desires to eat it i think that that's probably the best way to go yeah now i guess uh to just kind of meter that a little bit if you are, you know, say out in your kayak beyond the breakers and you do happen to catch one as bycatch whenever you're trying to catch kings or something, are you going to let that thing go or are you going to try to eat it? Um, me? Yeah. Oh, I'm eating it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what I want to know. I want to know if it's worth keeping, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah. I've, I've caught a few and usually they end up being bait for sharks is what we usually do with them. But, um, sure. you know, it's... Uh, that's kind of how the world goes. You have to decide if you want to eat something or use it for bait a lot of times. Same thing with the, with the, uh, the panfish, right. you know, but, yeah. uh, no, that's cool. I'm glad to know. I, I, I would like to, I've never messed with that or a Jack for food purposes. And I'm kind of interested in it, you know? Yeah. 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 What about, um, what about if I get into the Dorado, what's the best way to, to cook those things up once I get home? Um, you know, with Dorado, I think also uh, I like to remove the bloodline. From okay. Them. I feel like that any any of the usually when you when you get a bad piece of mahi, it's 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 because it's just too old and you know, from from the store from a restaurant or something. But I feel like you know I like to trim out that that bloodline uh, fairly well, and then you just I mean I think just like a really good pan sear on that, um, you know. A night, uh, dry the fish real well. Get a layer of oil, sear one side, flip it over, sear the other side, and cook it till it's just cooked through. You know, I mm-hmm. think you know around medium well, mm-hmm. and then it'll kind of coast into being done. And it's just, it's a really great fish. I think, I think my favorite thing about Dorado is just the texture of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a super uh, tender chicken thigh. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's got a little shred to it almost. It's got like a a, a 
a bigger grain to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the flavor is excellent too, but I just, I really love the texture of it. I mean, yeah. it grills. Um, I mean, you can obviously you can fry it. Uh, yeah. It fries really nicely as well. Um, and you could, um, you could roast it in a real hot oven. You could grill it. You could pan sear it. Um, all those things. I mean, yeah. probably a little delicate for, for smoking. Okay. Uh, but you know, I think smoke, you know, smoke, you want to, you want a more flavorful, oilier fish than that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, real versatile and real crowd pleaser too. I yeah. Mean, most people are going to love it. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it for sure. I mean, obviously like catching a rooster fish would be awesome and but i mean i think there's a good chance that uh we catch some tuna and some mahi so excellent i'm uh i'm pretty stoked about it man especially the tuna you know i just like i've always wanted to uh to be able to i've never caught a tuna and i've always wanted to just have a bunch in my freezer that i could pull out for like two months you know yeah so yeah that's the goal that's the goal yeah Guys, as you know, we've been working with Cruiser this year, and we are super excited. They have just released their platforms to us, and we've got them in a box right now. Uh, I actually received them last night, so we actually have not looked at these things in person because we're going to do a surprise unboxing, and we're going to put that up on the YouTube channel here really soon. So be looking for that, and in the meantime, go shopping at cruisersaddles.com. Okay, so what's been going on this spring, man? Um you, uh, I know you've been working towards this book. Um, has that been, has that gone as planned? I mean, I don't think anything goes as planned much <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Uh, and this, this is uh, definitely falls in that category. We were looking at a, at an April release on it, but I, I guess the, the good news is, is that it was delayed by our own actions and that we just kept adding to this book. So, uh, worked on this thing. It's the hog book, and um, spoiler alert: it is about pigs. <laughs> uh, and uh, it it turned out, and you know, when you have it in a file on a computer, and you're working on it day to day, you don't realize how how big it can be. Mm. And then when it finally uh, went to print, it came back at 420 pages. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a good a Austin old, number for you. Uh, <laughs> and I, everybody keeps pointing that out. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, um, so it, it came in, it's just, it's huge. I, and I was, and I just, I was like, Oh, that's why, you know, and we just kept adding recipes. I think we're at about a hundred, almost 120 recipes. in that's there. That's cool. Man. There are four, uh, butchery sequences, um, you know, each detailing a different sized pig. And I mean, I'll, I'll just go back up and it's like, this book is just about, you know, kind of demystifying feral hog. Mm. Um, it's got, uh, differently from from a field, though, it has hunting information in there about you know like you know techniques on stalking pigs, on setting up on pigs, baiting them. You know, uh, you know a recipe for a good hog brew. You know, it's got strawberry Kool Aid in there. Um, it's got a, a plan for a rudimentary a comma or figure six hog trap. Um, there's stories about hunting, uh, and then it's got skinning, gutting, uh, different methods. You know, we do like a hanging from the gambrel method. We do the the tailgate, you know, gutless method, and we do field dressing. And then it goes into butchering four different category sizes of pigs, so small pigs, medium pigs, large sows, and large boars. 
Um, and then after each one of those butchery diagrams has all the relevant recipes to that size pig. Um, and then it's also got sausage making, curing, or so like making uh, making a cured ham, uh, different types of like like not not salami per se, but like a, like spreadable so spicy salamis, Texas dry sausages. Um, is there's recipes in there for heads? There's recipes in there for testicles. There's recipes in there for hearts, livers, call fat. Um, and then different cooking techniques, roasting, braising, grilling, chops, tenderloins, name it. Um, it's in there. And, uh, you know, it's I, I'm really proud of it. I think it's great. It's got a lot of uh, really good photography in there. We self-published, uh, which also means that we were in control of the edits. So we didn't have anybody up in New York screaming at us that it was too graphic. And yeah. it is very graphic. I mean, there's some there's some pictures in there that are. You know, wouldn't have made it into a book had we had we been under somebody else's control. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, and then that delayed it a little bit. You know, we we launched a Kickstarter uh, for the book in December, um, and uh, that went better than we could have possibly believed. We were the sixth highest earning cookbook in Kickstarter history. Wow, wow. that's cool, man! Yeah. And so, congrats. And we, we, thank you. I mean, we doubled our goal um and i mean it was just incredible we, we 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 came in which enabled us to to just order more books yeah um and so we've already sold a giant chunk of them in fact this first shipment that's going to land in late june uh is sold and they're all gone and then we have to wait until the next shipment comes in in july and then it should we should probably get in front of it a little bit at that point i hope mm -hmm. um unless it sells really well which is not the worst thing in the world yeah, <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> yeah. well the, but, i can tell you yeah. one thing in the book the book is a much better idea than what we had this year where we decided we would do a video to explain the gutless method and uh, we actually did get censored on it. So yeah, YouTube hates that. <laughs> yeah, they so. did not like that at YouTube. So uh, yeah. Casey, you know, did a lot of work trying to trying to show everybody the how to do that. And I don't think anybody got to watch it. But <laughs> that's just so unfortunate too, because I mean, it is it's it's just reality right there yeah. versus yeah. other things that are not edited that are not reality. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? and that are far more detrimental. And destructive to say a young person's psyche than seeing proper method for gutting a hog. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Well, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, we kind of the way the world. Whenever you run a hunting YouTube channel, but yeah, you know, yeah. you do your best to uh, I don't know present like you're saying the real world stuff. And I think that not to get just super philosophical on us here, but uh, the removal of death from people's lives. Um, is probably a large portion of some of the issues in our society that have come to a head. You know, when people don't Agreed. understand Agreed. life and death, then they have a real hard time understanding life and death. You know, <laughs> like it's kind of mm -hmm. um, self-perpetuating, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. you need to, if you're going to consume meat, you need to be able to at least understand, not say enjoy, but understand that there is a butchering process, you know? Yeah. So, um, agreed. And I, I don't, I look at it now and I don't even think like, I don't even see the gore and oh no, there's one, there's one shot in particular in the book. And when you, when you get your hands on it, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it is 
graphic, but I think it's also just, it's just beautiful too. Yeah. And, and what you're looking at and you're just, you're looking at, at nature and there's amazing things that it can make. And I mean, sometimes it makes a mess too. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, a bit of a mess, but it's, it was real. I mean, and it is, it is the, that pig was killed and processed and eaten all of it, you know, and everything that we documented and it would actually happen. Mm-hmm. And it's part of the education process that we're trying to present to other people to, you know, ostensibly make this world slightly better place by sending out this invasive. And so at the end of the day, I think, it, you know, it's good, but I, I, I hear your point and I, and couldn't agree with you more mm-hmm. yeah, on yeah. that. So cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I would, uh, I, I hope that that success continues for you, man. I really do. Cause uh, we really do. Like I said, we enjoy your friendship and everything. And what you do is just the coolest, man. You know, like I've for years now thought, man, the guys that get to cook for a living and show people like this. And then, you know, you, you've taken it to another level, obviously, where it's like these are wild things. You know, this isn't just me yeah. cooking a, a cattle steak or beef steak. You know, like this is this is stuff that I'm going out and capturing and making a meal out of, you know. And so it just... It's just a, such a good uh, quality lifestyle, man, and it's something that I definitely want to pursue. Not necessarily a career out of it, but you know, like <laughs> the ability to uh, incorporate that into uh, my daily kind of life, you know, my walk, I guess. So, yeah. um, it's it's. I hope that it continues to to do well for you, man, and and uh, I'm excited for the success you've had. I, I'm looking forward to the book because uh, I've used your book quite a bit, but in the last three years. I'm such a whitetail bum that I haven't had a house, and so I uh, I've been very limited on my cooking and uh, what I can do, and been you know don't have many utensils and all this and that. And I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm weeks away from moving in right now to our oh, new house. So like I I literally like the first things that are coming out are my cookbooks, you know. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I'll get one to you guys. Awesome, um, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm real proud of it. I think that people are gonna are gonna enjoy it, and I think that you know it's just like that that demystification process that surrounds hogs. And you know, I've, I've always said I'm not advocating that we eat every single one of them, but every single one of them that's dead, if we give it a better chance of getting eaten, then I think I've done my job. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't have to eat them all, but definitely give them a shot. And uh, and. And don't believe everything you hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I eat the rooster sure. fish, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Hey, while we got you on the phone, tell everybody uh, about your restaurants again, just so they have a refresher. Yeah. So Daidue is uh, open. Dining room is open. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, ironically, we're not at full capacity, but it has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with the nationwide staff. Uh, restaurant staff shortage. Yeah. It's funny how uh, that works. <laughs> you know, just one thing after the other. But yeah. anyway, uh, but our, our dining room is open. Uh, we're, we're trying to serve as many people as we can with what limited resources are, are available. The menu is just popping right now. It's the best time of year. Um, you know, all the all these farms around here recovered pretty well from the big freeze. And we got in our first blueberries, our first peaches today. All right. We're still seeing. Oh, yeah. Oh, these blueberries are incredible. Um, we're seeing some still some, you know, spring vegetables like carrots and leeks and and, uh, and lettuces and things like that. So uh, the menu changes uh, often. Um, it's all locally sourced. Um 
we, you know, a lot of game meats. We're serving a lot of Nilgai these days, a lot of feral hog. Uh, we serve domestic hog. We serve, you know, dry-aged Wagyu beef from south of San Antonio, uh, quail, chicken, um, and then a lot of fish, too. You know, we're doing, a, you know, black drum. And then hopefully, if I can get my butt in gear, you know, have some bluegills on the menu here. Yeah. Uh, um, it's just it's a fun it's a fun little menu. It's very simple. I think it's uh, pretty approachable. Uh, all Texas wine and beer, uh, also just to stay with the theme. What about shrimp? Are they in right now? Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know we're you know we we do. I, I prefer those white shrimp, the bay whites. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna we're trying to you know just get our sources realigned. You know we kind of. A lot of that stuff got dropped uh, in the last year where we, we, we didn't have a full menu. We got to kind of reestablish where we're getting everything. And, uh, you know, and everything's a little a little off kilter, you know, like and prices are going up. Seafood is extraordinarily high right now. It's it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have shrimp on here soon. Uh, grilled shrimp. We're doing a grilled shrimp dish and uh, uh, black drum. Uh, other fish that you know come down the pipeline just kind of depends um you know simple desserts uh, it's it's a fun place mm-hmm. and then yeah there the uh, i've been to Dideway and it's um uh, fantastic and i was honestly surprised that like it wasn't as expensive as you would think you know what i mean like you would think that the way that you guys have to source and stuff uh, that it's you know it's not quite so commercialized and it would be yeah. you know uh, more expensive, uh, but it I mean it was very fair and approachable for a normal yeah. person. Yeah, for yeah. a normal person. Yeah, like, and I was like, yeah. man, this is. So then we went and bought books and shirts and everything. <laughs> we were like, we got money left over. We bought everything we could, man. We left there with handfuls. So it was it was no, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that a lot. For sure. So it's worth it if you're in Austin. Actually, um, our girls' softball team uh, here locally, Reigns, uh, where my wife coaches, uh, she coaches vo- uh, volleyball. But the softball team is looking like they're going to be in the state tournament again this year. And which happens down there, and so she's trying to convince me to go down there and maybe make a date night at Dadoe again. So we're go. we're thinking about it. So we may see you again soon, sometime. But um, we appreciate you coming on, man. And like this is just this is your third time, I think, with us. And it's uh, third or fourth. Maybe fourth. Thanks, fourth. Is man. it really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Might be. So it's uh, but it's always like I don't know. I just leave inspired, man. I'm like, hey, gummit, I can go out and eat anything i'm just gonna walk out the yard and start <laughs> browsing right. you know yeah. so uh but leave, leave the mushrooms alone all right? <laughs> hey oh we're about to find some chanterelles at my property dude oh, i'm looking man. i'm yeah. looking yeah i saw i saw some east texas posting today they're they're finding them and i'm pretty jealous are yeah. you a part of that group that i'm thinking of no Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I look for some. This is not the best part of the world. No. Mushrooms yeah. Out here, we find a few morels and maybe a chanterelle or two. But you guys are definitely more in it. Yeah. Yeah. We can find the stuff. shanties for sure. So yeah. uh, look, look forward to that. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, man, thanks for coming on for the fourth, uh, and we're ready for the fourteenth. So <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen pretty soon, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's always it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys, and I appreciate you letting me come on and chit chat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. 
You know, the only thing I can think of that would go with all this that we didn't talk about is a good old fresh heirloom tomato. Mm, hot diggity dog. <laughs> you know, I was walking around my garden this morning looking at my laid over corn because we had a... Was it sleeping still? Yes. <clears throat> the wind got crazy yesterday yeah. uh, while we were here. But um, I've got blooms on a lot of my black brandy wines. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple little Cherokee perps tomatoes ready. And got, they're ready or they're uh, no, coming out? They're coming yeah. out. And I've got uh, a uh, sweet million, which is not an heirloom, out there that I picked this morning. I'm going to let ripen up today and eat this evening. So I've got a I've got sweet one hundreds that are about to go nuts. Mm-hmm. Like there's some <clears throat> turning yellow right now. And I've got a pink brandy wine that is about that big. Which mm-hmm. for people who can't see is about two, <laughs> two and a half inches. <laughs> and I got a some kind of bluish purple one coming off already. It's not blue it's not super blue yet, but it's got a little bit of color in it. it sounds good. Yeah. I like that. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, we've actually, you said we were here uh, when the corn got blown over yesterday. We actually have been doing these hunt breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you go to YouTube, you'll be able to see some of these things start uh, leaking out this summer. Um, but we we thought it would be a good idea as we started getting some of these deer mounts back to be like, you know, hey, here's the mount and check out, you know, this hunt and why we killed this deer. Yeah. We've always talked about like, man, there's a couple of times when we didn't kill and or did kill and we just didn't quite fully explain why we did or didn't kill. Yeah. It's one of those things that happens a lot with self-filming, especially because mm-hmm. you, uh, it's just hard to tell the full story. And a lot of times we're, uh, uh, truth be told, we're filming for entertainment purposes a lot. You know, it's like a hunt you get to watch and, and see, you know, a big deer get shot, which is real cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that a lot of y'all who listen and watch, as well as myself, I like to look at the deeper stuff. And you can't always get that from a video, or at least you can only see part of it. And then as we explain, like, what's going on, the situation, the wind, and all that kind of stuff, you can really get the in-depth version mm-hmm. and take, like, a cool video of some dude shooting a deer. Um, not a video of some cool dude shooting a deer. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and then, you know, actually help that... Um, or let that help you yeah. be successful this year. It's kind of like you could uh, you could go to the game and watch the game mm-hmm. and kind of make your own assumptions and stuff like that, and you don't get to really, you know, you're sitting third deck, you don't get to hear what's going on mm-hmm. in the field and stuff, you know. And, I mean, or I guess, or you could stay at home and watch it on TV and have some of the inside info with the reporters talking to the coaches and, like, you know, the commentators talking throughout the game about what's going on mm-hmm. and what they're seeing as ex NBA players or whatever, yeah. you know? So like, that's kind of what we're doing is, uh, we're, uh, ex NBA players as well. <laughs> and right. we're, no, we're, we're sitting there kind of commentating the whole time and going like, these are the things that I'm thinking right now that yeah. I didn't get to talk about in the interview after I messed this up. I call whatever. it red pilling. Red so pilling. if you've ever, uh, watched the movie from the two thousands, the matrix, uh, Morpheus offers, uh, Neo, um, Mr. Anderson at that point in time, a red pill and a blue pill. The red pill, he's going to enlighten him. The blue pill, he just gets to go back to normal life and forget everything. So it's kind of like when you red pill on football, used to it was fun to watch the quarterback give the running back the ball and see where he goes, but now you're like, okay, they're in cover two. And, you know, like all that stuff <laughs> yeah. is going on. And that's kind of how you are with, or a lot of us are with Whitetail. Like, mm. um, we love to watch hunts but you really want to know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's like, 
It's fun to watch that hunt, but then afterwards you're like, man, I should have took the red pill right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Give that deer the red pill. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah, anyway, there's some cool hunts that we've been filming, um, hunt breakdowns to uh, from the channel over the last couple of years. So uh, those will release this summer as well as we're going to – we're making lots of plans to do map scout challenge stuff that's going to be happening we have a youtube series or a podcast series sorry that's coming out uh this uh, end of june i think um that's put on by onyx is helped put on by onyx and it's going to be all about these like public land hotspots, kind of so we got lots of cool stuff coming but uh just hang in there for another couple weeks and you'll be able to see this stuff start to uh, come out and it'll hopefully sail us right into the season and give us the most red pill knowledge that we can possibly have baby when it's time to hunt so with that remember to check that out and remember this is your element living it You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.